What's going on, guys? AJ here back again, bringing you yet another episode of the E1B2 Collective Podcast. I'm going to jump right in and give you guys a little bit of the Beyond Brand content here. I want to talk about why the Beyond Brand execution can really help with ramp time towards productivity. I think every every single employer, everything, every single startup, every single founder can resonate with this perspective. We all want new hires to jump into the organization go through the onboarding process and get to a level of productivity as fast as possible. I think, you know, when we bring in a a, a talented individual into the organization and they're a part of a team with the main, the majority of the folks on that team have been a part of the organization for, let's say, 24 months. I think our goal is to try to figure out how can we expedite the process of them not knowing anything about the brand not knowing anything about the way that we work, not knowing anything about our culture, not knowing anything at a tangible level about our product, our service, or our executions, and get them to the same speed, the same level of productivity as their counterparts. So that's what I think this Beyond Brand exercise can do, and I want to get into some details around that. Number one, I think which part of my part four of the Beyond Brand Execution as if during the uh, very beginning phases of trying to find the right person, if you can explain and articulate your collaboration best practices, we all know that's connected to productivity. The way high performing teams work from a collaborative standpoint, how they communicate to each other, how they hold each other accountable, how they put systems in place to collaborate. There are certain things, there are details within those nuances that work for some professionals that do not work for some professionals. And instead of going through the process of not diving into that, not really figuring out what that looks like for the person that you're trying to bring into the organization, not getting into those details and then inevitably bring them into the org, going through the hiring process, getting them implemented into the teams, and then realizing two weeks into the role, six weeks into the role, two months into the role, that the way that this new individual that you just plopped into your organization, the way that they go about collaboration at a high performing level, maybe it's it's not wrong, but it's not reflective. It's not similar. It's not contextual. It's not Um, it's not conducive to the team and the way that you guys go about productivity around collaboration as it stands today. And that's a big problem. And so I think what the Beyond Brand Execution can do, (coughs) excuse me, um, what I think the Beyond Brand Execution can do is it can create a moment where very beginning, before they even get into the interview, you can explain to them in very, very detailed um, situations around, look, This is how we collaborate on this team. Here's the exact tools that we use. Here's how we hold each other accountable. Here are the systems. Here's here's a little bit of a reality of how the collaboration goes in real time. You can get into very detailed areas within a five to seven minute period of time in an audio format. And so if I'm an applicant listening, I'm saying to myself, I don't know if this would be a great experience for me. I don't think I have the skills or the chops or the desire or the structures or the past experiences to get to get down with this. And maybe I want to opt out or maybe those that opt in. Here's how you can get to faster ramp up time. Those that want to opt in, they're going to be going into the interview one, interview two, interview three and onboarding with a base set of data that they can now 
dive in and lean in a little bit more into. So you can A, have more rich conversations. B, maybe they can reach out to their own network and kind of figure out what they can do behind the scenes to start gearing up and prepping around some of the collaboration tech that maybe they had never used before. Some of the collaboration best practices. Maybe they can just get their mind wrapped around the way you guys work. They're obsessed with your brand. They're obsessed with your mission. And so they so they they have a proactiveness around how they're going to get involved in this in this in, in these collaborational efforts as it pertains to the high performing teams. And so it's it's very different. And it's very different from what I think most organizations do. Because here's what most organizations do. Most organizations know the collaboration best practices because they're doing it every single day. Most organizations do not explain these things until at a bare minimum in the onboarding process and most and most likely within the first few weeks of the role. We all know you spend a lot of money, time and effort getting that person even to that point. Now, again, most organizations then have to dive deep into the micro details of the collaboration best practices and wait for that person to either A, get up to speed or B, if they're already up to speed, kind of get back on board. Let's assume, which is a traditional thing, that the way that this new individual coming to your organization has a very different set of skills and experiences when it comes to collaboration, thus you have a problem. Now, you don't have a major problem, but you have a slight problem because now the time that this person can get to a high level of productivity, which again, we all want, now slows down. So that's a big factor that I do not think enough individuals hiring folks are really understanding. I think another thing that um, that can slow down productivity within high performing teams is how to have and handle um, difficult conversations within the organization. I believe that within high performing teams, diversity of thought, um, difficult conversations, um, holding each other accountable, um, being direct. These are all things that occur within a high performing team. And these are all things that are connected to high levels of productivity. Now, again, if you are not, and in most cases you're not, explaining and walking through examples around how you hold and have difficult conversations and what are the examples of those moments and how do you go about them? How do you structure them? How do you think about them? What, what, does, what, does, what are the expectations around them? What are the agreements around them? If you're not explaining any of this information until, again, best case scenario, onboarding process, worst case scenario, three, four, five, six weeks, worst, worst, worst case scenario, you're not explaining how you do it until you're actually in the fucking moment. And I don't mean to drop the F-bomb, but that just baffles my mind. Um, you have a problem because, again, not having an ability to engage and commit and know how to have these difficult conversations. I can raise my hand right now. Naya, I love you. Kevin, you remember this. This was a problem. This was a problem in my last role when I was an internal head of people. This was a major issue. The A few of the individuals, I'm not going to call anyone out, a few of the individuals that I was working with, we were having, we were having a collective difficult ability to have difficult conversations. You know what that did? When we were doing marketing plans, when we were, when we were understanding the budget, when we were trying to come up with new strategies, when we were trying to make new partnerships, when we were trying to think through the partnerships, when we were trying, when I was trying to present a plan around what we were going to be doing on behalf of our people to make them more productive and engaged. And when we were, when we got into those difficult moments, when we had to try to think through different scenarios and maybe we had a different point of view, 
The fact that we did not have agreements and understandings around how to hold and have those difficult conversations based off conducively around the way that I like to do it versus the way that Kevin likes to do it versus the way that Nia likes to do it. You know what happened? It slowed shit down. That is a lack of productivity. So within a moment where a team has that fluidity and that consistency and that alignment versus what we had, which we did not have that alignment or fluidity, it may have taken the team that does have that alignment, I don't know, 30 minutes to get through that tough conversation and get right back on task. It took us two days and and, and, and disappointment and anger and pausing and confusion. These things are real. And so it's not about... This is what it, this is what the Beyond Brand Execution does, and this is why I think it's vital for you to explain and, and update and articulate how you go about these things. It's not about it's not about bullshitting what's right, what's wrong. It's not about it's not about trying to act or be as if you're perfect. It's always about being transparent about what you have in place currently, how you go about things currently. And giving them that data so that the person on the other side or other listening tool of the of the of the audio that I can't even come up with the right word here. The person that's in, engaging and consuming the beyond brand content when they're listening, when they're listening very closely and they're listening to every single minute detail around how you hold and have difficult conversations. What are the agreements around it? Examples when those moments uh, occur. What are some of the pain points? What are some of the pet peeves? All those things. The moment that comes up, the moment that comes up, they can now listen and reflect on moments that they've had. They can now listen and reflect on how they may or may not be able to fit in with that culture, may or may not fit in with that dynamic because they know how they best hold and have difficult conversations. They know the agreements that they appreciate and do not appreciate. And again, it's not about you lying and trying to shift and mold and change. It's about presenting the data. And so if I'm listening, I can either A, again, say, you know what, how they hold and have difficult conversations is not a really good fit for me. I'm completely out. These examples scare me. These examples I don't resonate with. These examples, whatever the case is, or if they do agree how we can get to a faster level of productivity, or if they're curious to understand more and get on board, what will now happen is they at least have a base set of data that they can now use. So when they go into the hiring moments and the interviews, you can have a much more of a rich conversation. They can ask you and pry and understand a lot more of these intricate areas. And so maybe they go to the first interview, they ask a few questions. It's a rich conversation. They get more contextual data. Now they really realize that this is not a good fit for them. Maybe they go through a situation and they are in the onboarding process and they're diving in a little bit deeper and they realize it's not a good fit. Or maybe... In the best case scenario, they go through the onboarding, they go through the hiring, they're asking really rich questions, and now they at least understand. And so when those difficult moments come up, when those conversations are being had, they know they, they now know how to have them because they already have the data. And so now you don't have to teach them, you don't have to try to educate them, you don't have to have a couple of difficult conversations yourself, they already know how to go about it because they had that data and they've had that data long before they even had to go through that difficult conversation. So a couple quick thoughts on Beyond Brand. Just wanted to get it out there. Hope you guys find this valuable. We'll chat soon.